Welcome back to He Say, She Say, Too Real. I am your lovely host, Marquita Watson. And here with me, I have my handsome co-host and husband, Ralph Watson, a.k.a. Boogie. Now, we did add to our podcast name because we wanted our audience to know that we are keeping this podcast too real and uncensored. We want to discuss the truth and nothing but the truth. So in today's episode, we will be discussing Ralph's re-entry back into society and how we dealt with that. Also, how I was able to adapt and accommodate him on his journey. Now, remember, this topic that we're discussing again today is our from our point of view. And if you have any ideas or um, you want to weigh in on the subject, feel free to message us at he say, she say, Marquita and Ralph at gmail.com to have your questions answered and to share similar stories. We would love to hear from you. So let's go ahead and dive in. I'm going to start off by asking Ralph some questions um, just to get a feel from him um, about his reentry into society. So one question that I, I, I don't think I ever asked you, but wanted to ask you was, was it hard not really having a lot of um, previous work experience when going to apply for certain jobs or going on job interviews? Well, honestly speaking, um, I had took a class for career tech, you know, with a guy who was in an amazing teacher, and we did mock um, interviews, you know, uh, and he, you know, and he spoke with me about the things you should wear, you know, the way you should present yourself, the questions that you should ask, you know, and so forth and so on. And so when I returned to society, you know, I did have a little bit of work experience. You know, I had worked at a factory here, factory there. So when I did get out, I went to these interviews and I wanted to try on and see was what this guy talking about really, you know, what was going on in society nowadays. Sure enough, I went on five interviews and almost every question that he said they would ask, they asked, so I was kind of ready for it. And almost every um, job interview that I went to and the way I was dressed, they complimented that on how I came in there and the way I presented myself. So how did he tell you that you should dress for interviews? Well, he said dress the part, you know, so say I was going for a construction, um, job. He said it would be best to wear steel toe boots, khaki pants, you know, a, a nice shirt. You know, and if I was going for something, you know, in the, you know, office um, arena that I should, you know, dress a suit. You know, he even said the length of the arm length you should have, how you should have your shirt tucked in, you know, the type of shoes to wear, you know, the, the, the whole aura that you go in and the questioning that you ask. So with each job I went to, you know, just so happened I had the attire that it, um, you know, that fit that job. And 
lo and behold, I actually got a job like about eight or nine days after I was out. And um, that was my second interview, but I had five interviews arranged. So although I told the temp service um, that I will take the job, even though I wanted to speak to my wife first, that was kind of like a holdup, which I still, you know, spoke with you about the job. But there was a holdup because I wanted to keep my word and my appointment to the other three um, job offers. So I went to all five of them. Actually, your grandmother took me because you was at work. So, um, and I went to all five of them. I gave everybody a chance to enjoy my presentation, but I actually took the second job interview that I went to, I took that job, which happens to be in a factory, you know, and it was, a, um, you know, it was a great experience for me going in there speaking with them. Okay. Well, when you mentioned that he told you about all the questions they would ask, did he mention what questions you should ask? Because I know that there's been many job interviews that I've gone on and I've done a lot of research about those jobs first. So when they did ask me, do you have any questions? There were many times where I didn't because I had already done my research. So again, were there specific questions that he um, taught the class that they should ask the employer during or after the interview? Yeah, he did. And I don't really necessarily remember them all, but I, I do remember a few of them. He said for the accent, what position um, are you guys hiring for? I think he wanted to know you know, what shift that you had available. Um, and um, I believe he's, well, I forgot the rest of them, but I know, you know, I was fresh out. So I remember all of them. And, you know, you know, you know, like I say, they was impressed with the way that I presented myself with the attire, you know, and the, um, um, and the mannerism and the way that I asked the questions to them, you know, they were saying, man, those are good questions, you know, so, and, um, and I learned all of that from him, you know, it's a, a career tech class and he taught me how to type, you know, 25 words a minute, you know, which I was, you know, like now I'm computer illiterate, um, you know, it's hard for me to catch on to like the, Facebook or how to do the emails or the TikToks and all the rest of that. So, you know, I'm just now learning how to do all of those things. But it was because of that class, which actually got me out early. You know, he say, man, you pass the class and you get the credit and you get the certificates. And they gave me, I think, 45 days good time, which is how I came home on February 6th of 19, you know, so... Yeah, those are some of the questions that he asked me to um, ask them. Okay. So another question I had was, have you ever had any mental barriers that may have tried to delay you from entering society, re-entering society? Um, and when I say that, I mean, like, were you scared um, of, you know, being around the atmosphere that you were going to? Or was there anything that was mentally troubling you um, that made you think, before you went back home or before you came home um, that I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to do good, you know, that I might be right back in here? Oh, man, that's a heck of a question. 
And to be honest with you, the way you're asking these questions, you you sound like a professional interviewer. <laughs> you know, I'm very proud of the way you're asking the question. But um, no, I didn't have any mental barriers because, like I said before, this was my second rodeo. You know, now those mental barriers was there the first time I came home back in 2004. Mm-hmm. You know, because I had not had a legit clock check in paycheck job okay you know um so because i had went through it one time and i had dealt with temp service manpower you know so forth and so on right um i didn't have those mental barriers plus um right i was a little bit more knowledgeable about things and i wanted to do better this time so I had investigated a few things. I asked a whole lot of people about how to do this, how to do that. So, and um, well, I was confident, like I am now, you know, with the podcast or anything that I do. I'm confident that going in, I got two answers on the table that I can get. Yay or nay. And I'm convinced that I'm a great worker, good worth ethic, so that if they say nay, they lost out. They say yay, I get to show them, you know, who they're talking to, who they're dealing with. Yeah, 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 for the show up and show out. So, um, and then, you know, I do have a few certificates under my belt, you know, as you know, for um, construction occupation, you know, so I know how to build. I take that back. I don't know how to build. I have a certificate <laughs> in construction occupation and I also have a c- c- certificate in commercial custodian, kind of like a janitor too, but I know how to buff and wax floors. Mm-hmm. So um, um, there's a few things that I know I know how to do already. I guess the barrier may come in when I had heard so many stories about they're going to check your background, man. They're not going to do this. Um, if they find out you're an ex-felon, they're not going to do this. And, right. right. So I was kind of um, leery about, man, what do I put down right. on the application? Now, our teacher told us what to put down. I'll explain later that, yes, I've been incarcerated, and I'll explain upon arrival. Right. Um, you know, some application wasn't accepting that um, 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 bull crap, but... Um, I knew that if they allowed me to get in front of them and talk to them, yeah, and that I believe that my mannerism and the way that I conduct myself and the way I speak to them, that they at least want to say, well, we'll give the guy a chance. So the, but, you know, to specifically answer your question, I would like to say, yeah, that one barrier of, um, the background, yeah, um, you know, no kind of. Um, yeah, I think that was something that I was very leery about as well because, like you said, you're a great person. You got great work ethic and all that, but it just seems like to, in today's society, once they see that there's a background, they automatically shut you down. Yeah, and I didn't know if for sure that was going to happen, but I guess I was afraid for you to get a lot of no's at your interview just because of that. Right, I Because you, that. you, like like you said, you got to give a person a chance. Yeah. And a lot of people, even a lot of ex-cons or ex-felons have you supposed to 
politically say it, come home, they have the experience. They know how to do these jobs, but because people don't give them a chance, they're losing out on good workers, people that actually want to work and come to work. Well, yeah, but see, look, I'll play devil's advocate with it. A lot of times, you know, we and I mean guys coming home, you know, we have put this sour taste in society's mouth that, you know, you can do good for 30 days and he'll be right back in or, you know, he'll steal something from the place. And a lot of times that take place, you know, the guy get out, his intent be good. Mm -hmm. Then he get into the workforce and he get into these people's businesses who've given him a chance and now he didn't stole something or he ain't showing up and all that. So now that's closing the door for the next guy who do want to um, come in and do right, you know, and, you know, um, show up and show out. So, right, right I guess it's all about, um, you, you know, laws change every year or every so often, um, you know, like in Illinois now, they are trying to, you know, um, you know, get to the point to where they can't use your background. Right. And, um, but for the most part, um, it's good when you give a person a chance. That is good. Yeah. They don't have to, but it's nice when you do give a person a chance and he do show up and show up because it leaves the door open for the guy. The next person. Yeah, you know, behind home. me. Yeah. And that, with that example that you gave about them coming home and they do good for a while and then they start stealing or whatever the case, it reminds me, I remember on Jason's lyric when his brother came home and his mama got him a job at the yeah, store she yeah. worked at and she was so distraught because she had been working there all that time and her register never came up, you know, missing money or whatever the case is. And he worked there for one day. Right. And ruined that whole, you know, thing for her. Yeah, her doing that. $10. Like $10, man. She had put all that work in and for him to come there. And see, that's usually how guys that come home from the the um, 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 penitentiary get jobs. Word of mouth. Right. His friend, you know, um, know somebody and they going to let him in on mm. his name. Right. So, yeah, you know, it hurts when... You've put in all this work 10, 15 years to have somebody who you trying to have your confidence in. Mm-hmm. And then they come in and they shut all of that because they wanted to go back to what they used to do or uh, addiction or whatever. So yeah. right, I understand the businessman because if I was a businessman and I had not been incarcerated before, if I see you coming in there, you got five armed robbers, you done shot you some people, you done did that, of course I'm going to be leery. And why not move your, you know, application to the side for the guy who has not been in jail? Don't mean that the guy who hasn't been in jail has more worth ethic than you. Right. But according to society, he's the, the better fit for you than the guy with the, you know, shootings and the drugs and all that. So I'm just glad I was able to show them or that they gave me a chance. And you know what also helped me? I don't know if I ever thank you for this, though. But we made resumes. Right. You way know, before you came home. Right, way be, before I got there. Which also in the class, it taught us how to make a resume. Right. And I, I told him then, well, sir, my stuff is already made. And he said, <laughs> oh, yeah. But that, yeah, that was one thing that we talked about um, with our you know conversations that we had. Because 
I knew that you coming home, I wanted you, at least for us, had already started it. So, had started it. So, you know, that's why I asked you, like, well, what skills do you have? Have you worked anywhere else? And to get all that information, you know, their address and stuff like that, so that we could start making up that resume. So that if you did anything else prior to you leaving prison, we could also add those skills, you know, and stuff on there. And that ended up actually working out for you because you was home, what, a month? Yeah, about, look, I got out February 6, 2019. My first legit check, I believe, was March 7th. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I, I say about 26 days I was out, got the job. You know, you, you got to wait a week for your um, pay. Yeah. But, um, and yeah, those, when I walked in there with the resumes, like I had already submitted some. Right. But I think you and him say, but still take one take with, with you. you. Right. Because it might be a different person interviewing yeah. you from the person that actually pulled your resume yeah. offline or received it through the fact. So, you want to make sure... You know, you have that there for them to take yeah. a look at. Yeah, so so how I came in, you know, they knew I was prepared, you yeah. know, that, that this man has come in here, he's dressed nice, he got his paperwork ready, and, you know, I, I spoke well to him, you know, and... But that's your, your P's, you say, what's your P's? Proper preparation, prevent poor performance. That's a good um, thing that I learned along the line. Right. Okay. So another question that I had for you was, I know that coming home and you say that you had been around different areas that had a lot of um, Caucasian people that lived there. Of course, where we lived was majority Caucasian. Right. And I think we were like maybe in the area particularly that we lived in, there were no other African-American people, just mm-hmm. me and the kids. Um, did that put you at all on any high alert of how they would perceive you or if they would look you up or, you know, if anybody would say anything about, you know, you going into these jobs? Because, again, at your job that you had, were there a lot of African-Americans? No, I believe there was only one more besides me, and he came way from, if I'm not mistaken, Kankakee. Right. Right, but... um. So were you at any, at all intimidated about working in that type of environment? Well, no, because where I've lived around a lot of Europeans before, Mm -hmm. and, like, I'm a people's person, so had you been living around a um, a whole community of Latinos or a whole community of Jews or a whole community of Indians, it doesn't really matter to me, and... You know, we spoke about, you know, the type of environment I would have liked you to have tried to find before I get out. Mm. So once I knew where you was at and you explained that, man, there's a whole lot of Europeans here and there, I was more or less happy that it was more like that, you know, as opposed to being threatened, right? Because, like I say, I'm not... um, Right, it doesn't matter to me. I'm a people's person, you know. So I just felt like that. I know they'll probably have a preconceived um, 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 thoughts about me. They might even feel as though I'm racist, but I didn't have anything against none of them. And my prayer was just let everybody give me a chance. And for the people who don't know, 
that have been there, they always give you that fair chance, except for the skin color races, if you are racist or whatever. But by them not knowing me, I felt like, how are they gonna dislike somebody that speaks to them or they see out with his kids or they see me, you know, putting them on and off the bus or they see me and you together, we're laughing. You know, black love, love at its best, right? So I was just praying that they didn't prejudge me by the color of, of my skin. You know, I knew that all of them wouldn't know that I was, you know, um, fresh out the penitentiary. Maybe I right. looked like that with a Dago T on and a few muscles here and there. But I just felt like that they don't know who I am. And all they got to do is give me an iota of a chance and I will um, impress them. And, you know, just so happened it happened, man. You know, I, I didn't have not a single problem um, 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 vocally towards me. I didn't have any arguments at work. I didn't have no, you know, bad looks or whatever. I spoke to everybody that I, you know, went past. Even some of them used to say, um, man, you're the only person I know that speaks every time they walk past somebody. Good morning or um, um, good afternoon. Well, I didn't call a lot of them off guard. Good morning to you. They didn't even know what to say back. Like, nobody <laughs> says good morning. Or, right. So um, there was no um, fear that you being around like 99.9% .9 European that there would be any um, chance of failure. You know, I was convinced, man, that success was on the rise for me. Okay. Um, one that I have for you. Were there any fears you had the day you were released? Fears. Um, well, one fear that most um, inmates have when going home, you know, like the week before, the two, three weeks before. The number one thing is this. Will my parole site be approved? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of time we see people who parole site wasn't approved and you so won't live, especially if it's your like second, third time. Right. You know, most um, um, POs, you know, go to the parole site and it kind of to and try to deter the person that's um, um, going to accept you. I'm glad you said that because the one that you had, he did. He came in, you know, he checked out the place. He talked to me for a while, but as he got ready to leave, that is exactly what he did. He tried oh, yeah. to deter me from saying, yes, I wanted you to come. He kept saying, do you know his background? Mm -hmm. Do you know this man? How mm -hmm. do you know him? Are you sure? Have you looked at his background? I'm like, sir, <laughs> yes, I have known this man a long time. I want him here. And he was like, I mean, kept saying it even on his way out the door. Are you sure? <laughs> and I'm like thinking in my head, like, just get a man a chance. You don't even really know him. Right. All you know is what information you got on this paper. Yeah. You and know? see, and see, a lot of POs do the same thing that the jobs do. They judge each parolee by their last parolee or the ones they got on their docket. And it's, um, it's it's our fault, meaning the inmate. We come out here and we tell people we're going to do right by this and we're going to go get a job and we're going to do this. And then the door opened for and then we slammed the door by doing the same thing over and over again. So I knew he was going to do that. My last one done that. 
Um, are you insane? <laughs> um, do you know the guy does this? He does that. This is. Why would you want somebody who's just spent thirteen years in the penitentiary, you know, for to come live with you and your children? Um, you know what I'm saying. So I knew that I didn't really necessarily prepare you for it. I just wanted you to get a chance to see, um, you know, how society view us as, you know, ex inmates. But um, um, the fear, um, you know, really came in. You know, it's is they really finna let me out? Right. Right. Like you do five, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen, twenty-five, thirty years. You've been waiting on this day to come all that time. And you know, as an inmate being in there, you've seen no your parole site ain't being approved. Oh, we got yeah. something old that came up. Now you right. So your fear is, please God, whatever you do, just let me get out the let door. Let them open up this door. Yeah, so so um if anything, man. Well, I had no fear about that part either because, you know, we had dealt with the the other case, which was only A, B, and E. Is just when you um, have had class X's, they upgrade. So even if I had a class one, they would have made it a class X. So that's what, you know, and they would have gave me natural life for a freaking plane um, on, on burglary, you know what I'm saying? But... Um, um, so those fears wasn't there like that. You know, my only fear was, man, I want to live long enough to get out, to be able to be who I've become. Right. You know, I want to show, show yeah. me, the society, God, that I can be who I have become without being deterred or falling off my square, going back into whatever it was that I once did. But they say, you know, it's an old saying, if long as you stay away from the people, places, and things that got you there, it's a good possibility you got a chance at success. Now, the recidivism rate, they say within one year, if you ain't back, it's a good possibility you okay. I've been out four now, so I'm all right. Doing good, brother. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, do you at any time or have you at any time suffered from any PTSD from any um, th tr any trauma that's happened um, in your, on your first bit or your second one? Man, you sound like a European interviewer, <laughs> but a good one, man. And for you to, so what you had these questions in your brain all this time, you didn't ask me. Yeah. Okay. Well, man, but that, the, the, these are some good questions. Um, when you say PTSD, is that any post type of stress yeah post traumatic stress disorder? Like, has there been anything so traumatic that has happened or that you've seen happen to other inmates, um, or to yourself, friends, family, um, being in prison that affects you to this day? To this day, well, I'll just say this. Uh, I'll say no, because I don't really know that really the real definition of post-traumatic stress this or I've heard about it um but I'm from the south side of Chicago you know born and raised um you know and I've been there all my life um and on the south side of Chicago you know 1991 
you know, um, until I got out the last time, you know, it's kind of a hardcore place to be, you know, so I survived that, you know, unscathed, you know, no um, um, shots in me, no, no shells in me, all that, you know, no stabbings and all that. So by the time I made it to the penitentiary, like the fear that maybe a first time I may have, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, I had just came from the jungle, you know, with wolves, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't as traumatic as another person might have would have took it. You know, the the first time I was only 18 years old. Now, I know some 18-year-old that came in there scared mm-hmm. to death, um, you know, fell off into all type of lunacy or whatever. I kind of excelled through school on my first time going there, you know, um, college classes, like I say, my certificates and all that. So now this is the second time I'm going back, um, you know, so um, I went in with a plan this time. Mm. I'm coming out better than I went in the first time. Now, in the Illinois jails now, it's not as bad as it used to be. Okay. It was really, really bad back in like 1991, 90, and 89, 88, and all that. Um, now it's kind of sort of controlled by the officers. At first it was controlled by the inmates. Right. Um, you know, so it was a lot of more hardcore things happening on my first time around. Like what? Like stabbings, um, you know, gang fights, soap socks, um, 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 you know, just all the bad things that you see so on like, TV. So, like, I was going to say, the stuff that we see on TV, like the inmates having sex in the visiting room while yeah. kids is there, yeah. different, like, things yeah. like that was really happening? Yeah, all of that took place. And anybody who may be listening, it's not, now, see, now Illinois, it doesn't happen that way, but yet you go to the other, um, I just saw that recently, you know, I think it was on YouTube or whatever y'all call it, where... The inmates got the phones now and the guns. Right. And see, we did that 90, 91, 89, 88 and all that, drug selling and the drugs in there, you know. So, but now it's more controlled by the officers, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, and like I say, I went in this time with a plan and... You know, and I prayed a lot. You know, God helped me, you know, for to come through this and, you know, not to fall victim to none of the, the uh, you know, bad things that um, come along with, you know, being in there for 13 years. So, like today, I don't have any, um, like, nightmares about jail. Okay. Right? I think once or twice I might have slipped and when I was getting into the shower and left on my house shoes, because that's what you got to <laughs> wear in there. Or I also did this one time. I didn't tell you this either. I started putting tissue on the toilet seat See? before I sit down. But I caught myself both times. I was like, come on, buddy. You're not in the penitentiary, man. What's wrong with you? You don't need... Oh, and to this day, if it wasn't for our boys, I didn't notice. I used to have my hand around my plate. You know, as if I'm cuffing it and eating. And that's what you kind of do in there. You got your hand around your plate. Although they say not to put your, your elbows. elbows on the um, um, table. On, right, while you eat. I'm glad that you can finish my sentences, you know, like that, because they help me not to um, stutter. But um, 
Um, I didn't notice that I was holding my arm around my... I noticed it a couple times, but I never said anything because I knew that's probably what you were so used to in there. But why was that? Well, you know... It's a movie where the the, the guy say, "Hey, you want your cornbread?" <laughs> it things like that happen there to where, although it didn't happen to me, mm-hmm. but I guess you start getting so used to doing certain things. Like you have to go to shower with maybe eight or nine, ten people, or you got to be in the cell with maybe three or four other guys, right. or you or or you in a line and you know you cannot break the line for you know because of the um um boom threat of uh violence and all that. So the arm around there, you don't notice it in there, but I had the boys not caught me, I probably still be doing it right now to this day because it was just and habitual act that I used to do, man. So, oh, but as um, for the um, um, you know, for the further answer to your question, I don't have no PTSD about being in jail or anything happening. Right, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't have nothing traumatic happen to me there. The traumatic thing was that they gave me 25 years, then they gave me 26 years. <laughs> So that day of the one when they gave me me 26, that was like the most traumatic, um, 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 I guess, feeling I could um, feel, man, because I think that's when I had my first epiphany. Oh, man, we can't do this like this no more. How many? 25 and and 20, even though you got to do half of it. But how many times you going to be able to do 12 and 13 years in the penitentiary? Boy, you better try to figure something out this time. And, you know, I figured it out, man. So, um, to circle back to your, was it proper preparation, prevents performance? What preparations did you make on your end for re-entering society? Um, well, I started by, um, you know, first having a long talk with God. And I know a lot of people use his name and say that, and, um, 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 this time I said my prayers out loud you know there was nobody in the cell with me at the time so this time it felt like I was I was talking to God he knew that but I was talking to myself too mm-hmm. I don't want to do this no more this ain't cool you know it's people that think you keep going back to jail man you must like boys right? because if you go that's all that's in there right. or you must like or you can't deal with society on society terms, or you is that many trials and tribulations going on out there that you need to come in here, or what? You don't like paying rent, and you don't like um um you know all of the responsibility that comes with freedom. Right. You don't know how to deal with that, right? So I had to to just really question myself, you know. Um, like, man, what's wrong with you? Why you keep making bad choices, and you know. Um, you know, why you keep, um, why you back here today, man? Right. So I had a long talk with him, mm-hmm. you know, and actually that came like about six to eight months afterward, because I guess you can call this traumatic. Well, I was so stunned to be back in there. Right. Right. So, right. I was discombobulated. Okay. Um, you know, so, but the preparations that I made was that I've decided that I'm not coming back here no more. So I started from that day after I had that long talk with him, I had to stop doing some things. 
um, you know, I've already wasn't cussing then. You know, I, I wasn't praying as much as I needed to. And then I had to start fighting the thoughts that come into your mind. You know, so as I was doing these things, you know, things just start happening better for me. I was making better choices, okay. you know, as opposed to going to the yard, just hanging out with the fellas. Let me go do a few push-ups, walk around and, and chill. So when I start stopping some of the things that I used to do, mm-hmm. you know, I start seeing the gifts coming. And I liked it, that feeling of, man, I feel good today because I said no to this or because I did this today. So... You know, I kept doing them steps and I kept getting gifts and gifts and gifts, you know. And um, and I started doing that before I actually got the time, really. You know, I knew what I was facing, you know, but I had, had, hadn't yet for to get the time, you know. And a lot of people do that. They try to go in there, oh, God, I'm not going to do it no more. I promise you this, that, and that. I made them that promise last time. And mm-hmm. I was right back in there again. So I didn't make them no promise this time. I just said... Just clear the path for me. Move these obstacles. What? Take away these hurdles. And just make the path. And I just walk it myself. I do the choosing on my own. And um, he moved them hurdles. And he, you know, and he moved those those obstacles that was in front of me. You know, so... Um, and he started giving me my gifts. And, you know, so I got the time. But I knew he could have gave me more time. So I took that as a gift. You know, I didn't go in there, all oh, you wrong, society's wrong, the white man put me here. Man, your choices made you here. Plus, you had did so much other stuff. Maybe this your karma. And he puts you where he wants to put you for to wake you up, for to know, um, you know, man, it's time now for you to do this. And ever right. since I've took... Those steps, man, he's been passing me gifts, man, that could fill up our whole house now. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's definitely good. Um, Were there some additional um, preparation that you had to do once you got home? Um, Things that you had to get ready for? Well, on the day that I got out, Mm -hmm. I don't think I told you this either. Um. You know, it's a golden rule. When you walk out that gate, do not look back. Okay. They say, you look back, you coming back. I was so convinced in who I had become that the day I got out, which is the day you came and got me, mm-hmm. um, when I walked out the gate, I guess now you you know why I stopped and I turned around and stood right there for a minute. The reason I did that, I turned around and I looked jail straight in the face mm-hmm. and told jail, me and you won't cross paths no more. <laughs> they can say what they want to say, but every day I have a chance and a choice. I'm going to always choose not to come back to you. Now, I don't know who else might look back and they, because I don't believe in coincidences, I don't believe in, you know, bad luck, good luck and all that. I believe you are, you know, in control of your destiny. I knew me and him wouldn't meet no more. So as I walked out and turned around, I told him, man, me and you would not cross paths no more. And then um, I turned back around and um, I don't think I told you this either, but I looked straight towards you 
And I said to myself, God, whatever you do, just let me be the message that I bring and let me keep my word to her. Because I felt like this. And keeping my word to you, you know, that means I kept my word to myself. Right. Um, and right, I just knew that the world had already written me off how they write any other body who keep going back and forth. And I knew maybe your friend, you may have naysayers and yaysayers. My job, I had one job. Mm. Keep your word to her, and then you don't have to worry about coming back. You, you won't be back here saying my bad or I apologize or God, man, they made me do this or I didn't have this. I just turned around and said, just keep your word to her. And I'm praying that, you know, so far I have kept my word to you. Most definitely. You've done a great job with that. I don't take that as like a Like I told you before, you've done everything you say you was going to do and more. I take that so as a compliment. So I do, I really appreciate you keeping your word in take, that aspect. I take that as a compliment. You are welcome, dear. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So um, I think, what, a couple things that I did in order to prepare. Yes, I was going to ask you that. What, what did you do? Um, there wasn't much that I had to do. I well I found us a place. Okay. You know, um, I got the place together. You know, I made sure it was comfortable for not just you, but for the kids and myself as well, because I knew that's what we would be for a while before we even moved here. Um, making sure that you had clothes. I went shopping and bought you some nice clothes and shoes and all Thank of you your hygienic your hygienic products that I knew you would need and. I got you that big duffel bag, and I made sure that you had traveling stuff as well. I got that bag right now, that, right. that Puma bag. The, the like, duffel bag, yep. So when I came to pick you up, I had that bag full and ready for you because, mm-hmm. like you told me, you was like, they sending me home in sweats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I brought that bag. Even though you didn't change, right. you know, you had the option to. Yes, and I appreciate that. You know, so you had a, a wallet in your bag that I, had money in it. That was the first it. time I ever had a wallet before. <laughs> really? Yeah, I haven't had a wallet before. That was my first yeah. wallet. Yeah, you had a wallet in your bag. You had your money in your wallet. You was ready yep. to go. Yep, clothes. I think we stopped. And we did. We stopped at Coles. That at, was our first Kohl's, stop. And, <laughs> and I got them red and black, yep, white, red, some, and black um, Nikes. Yep, you got some new shoes. Right. I believe we stopped at, you say, Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. That was our yeah, second for stop. Get the, um, the coffee. The, the coffee. Great cup of coffee. <laughs> I want to shot Dunkin' Donuts out. Y'all out of bomb. And look, to this very day, I love Dunkin' Donuts. You uh, love coffee. coffee. Yeah, but, I like, <laughs> but look, McDonald's have a good one. Dunkin' Donuts have a great, great. Um, coffee. Yeah. And then Starbucks, of course, is number one. I'm not a Starbucks fan. I am. <laughs> she is. I don't. Oh, now, now look at this. You say, right, I, right, I don't want you to underplay that. What? Right, you say, I didn't have a lot to do, you know, just the... I mean, on my... Well, from in my opinion, I didn't feel like I had a lot to do. I mean, it was big enough that you were coming home from being in prison. Right. I think that was the biggest thing of, you know, getting preparing the kids. Uh, even though they didn't know when you was coming home, yeah, they were yeah. very surprised the day that yeah. they came home from school and you were there. But I think that, for me, was the biggest thing, us preparing, because it was just us. Yeah. The three of us. So... 
for now there to be, you know, they didn't, my kids, they slept in the bed with me all the time. Yeah. So now they come home, even though they knew you, they had been seeing you for years on visits. Now you at home with us. See, I offered them to, for to get in the bed too. Yeah. You know, because I didn't mind. But, and they did a few times. They know, did. They, and, you know, every now and then they might. Coming in there. The, the, <laughs> um, um, bottom of it now. But no, I don't want you to under play what you done for me, man. Because what you may look at as a simple, you had to pay the first month security and, you know, rent or the clothes that you have for me or the wallet with the money. I believe it was $300, you know, my first touch of paper <laughs> um, ends. And it was some of the new money. I hadn't seen some of them or, or touched them. But um, the fact to have that form of launching pad right. prepared for anybody, man. Right? There's a lot of people who come home, they don't have anything, you mm. know, and they fail. It's some who don't have nothing and they succeed. It's some who have everything and they be just fine. And it's some that have everything and they fail. But we but, talked about it, though. Like, even I asked you, like... What's the first meal you want to have yeah. when you come home? You remember what it was? Yeah. Pot roast. Pot roast. Biscuits. Biscuits. Uh, what was it? Green beans. Stream S- beans. Stream beans. Yeah. Um, grape Kool Aid. Grape Kool Aid. So uh, I had went and of course got that meal prepared, right. but grocery shopping because I know you didn't eat pork. Yes, ma'am. And I had kind of transitioned myself and the kids already out of eating pork because I felt like it was important enough for me to not even bring it around you. Yeah, with um, Well, I did that because I didn't want to be cooking, right. you know, in the same pots and stuff that I was making your food in as well. So we right. just had no pork in the house, period. So we, you know, transitioned to turkey bacon yeah. or turkey sausages. Yeah. And majority of the meat that I was buying was smoked turkey and right. beef this and beef that. There was no more pork that I was buying. Which is what I mean by I don't want you to underplay the blessing that you had prepared for me. You know, those are things that to help one succeed, the best thing is to have a good launching pad. You had everything that I needed personally. Now, I don't know about if somebody else would have came home, had you met somebody else, would they would have took off the way, you know, I took off. But to have all of those things and, you know, and to have the comfort there, you know, and the security and and the understanding, man, and the, you know, family and all that, that's what has allowed me to say I've been out four years. Those was, man, those were some things that I'm never going to be able to repay you for. I am who I am today because of me meeting you. I am where I'm at today because of what you may feel as though wasn't a lot, you know, was a lot for me. And so, and I take my hat off to you, man. I applaud you, you know, every single day for all the things that you have done for me. And I appreciate that a lot. You're welcome. With no problem. So, I think that was a pretty good discussion about... No, no, no. Nice try. I'm going to let you get off like that. What? So, let me get... Come, come up out the jacket. So, well, I think I asked you about the fears. The, my fears? Yeah, about what f- fears 
and I think I asked you in the last podcast, but did you believe things would turn out this way? Um, I prayed that they would. I prayed to God all the time that they would um, be exactly the way you and I had envisioned them, that we had dreamed and we talked about for hours at a time. But still, like I said in the last one, in the back of my mind, there there was that fear of what if... He has sold me the biggest dream ever, and he come home, and it's just like the people I see on TV, or everything he said to me was just to say it and in hopes that I would believe it just for him to have a place to come home to. Mm-hmm. And then when he got here, he was a totally different person. Because, of course, this, like I said, this is my first time mm-hmm. dating somebody in jail, so I didn't know. Right. I, I'm going off of your word. Yeah. I'm tr- entrusting you. With my heart, my feelings, everything. My children. My children, children you, know. you know, so that was one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Was that I was making a mistake, you know? And look, I knew, man, that would have humiliated you. I of knew course. why any. Because of who wants to hear anybody say, I told you so? Oh, yeah. And I, I told myself in there, and I guess that was one of the things that I meant by when I said, whatever you do, keep your word to her, man. Because I knew how people would have tried to bash you. And we probably went above and beyond trying to do it. You know, saying, you know, you're stupid. You had no business doing this. I told you so I did. I didn't want, but I want some of them. I've yet to get any of them, which I don't know all your naysayers. I knew like maybe four of them. Only one of them came back. You, you know, and appreciated, you know, and said, 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 said what he had to say. But I just knew I didn't want you to look embarrassed in front of them, man. I didn't want you to have to cry or to explain, well, okay, it happens like that, baby. Be okay. Everything will right. be okay. I wanted you to be able to look them in the face, the naysayers, and tell them, I told, I told you told so. your mother effing <laughs> butt that this boy was what was happening. Right. He was the truth and he's not going to do me now. Why don't you go tell him you apologize? Right. But, you know, I doubt if that probably take place like that. But, yeah, I, I knew, man, that you had those type of fears. And, you know, and what I also knew, and I think I'm going to ask you about this, how did you feel about us moving in together. Um, Hold on, wait. Oh, right. So do you think it would have been a better, and I think maybe this was a question, maybe you should ask me or you can ask me right back. Right. But do you think it would have been better now that we have lived together for four years, do you think it would have been better to for me to go to a halfway house or a cousin house, a friend house, family house, or do you think I should have came straight here? Um, or there, you know, the other right? House. Um, I don't. I wouldn't have wanted you to go to a halfway house, but I do think it would have probably uh, helped us. I mean, we got a great relationship, but I think it would have helped us even more for you to have been elsewhere. And then for us to date. Mm -hmm. Because as I sit back and think about it now, like our journey um, turned out good, but it might not have had 
might not have turned out the way we were looking for. So for you to be elsewhere, for us to date, for you to come pick me up, take me out mm-hmm. on a date, or um, like you used to say, you know, that um, mystery of me getting yeah. dressed, mm-hmm. you not being able to see what I got in my closet, you know, for me to come with my hair done a different way mm-hmm. or my makeup that I do. With us living together, you had no choice. Yeah. But to see that, I mean, you went out the room and, you know, you would wait till I came out to see, you know, how it looked. But if you were coming to pick me up at the door, I think it would have been a nicer surprise. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I guess it's twofold to me. Mm-hmm. One is you don't want to go to a halfway house. Right. You know, you got so many other people there and it's kind of semi like jail you know they got so many rules and regulations you can get a pass to go out for you know maybe eight hours here eight hours there um you must get a job and they keep some of your money i guess for the end of the time that you're you know in there mm-hmm. um you know it's filthy right you know so that wasn't really an option for me. I really didn't, you know, I, that was the last thing that I would have wanted to do. Now, to go to another place and do the things you said, I think that would have been nice. Nice, yeah. You know, because, like I said, you know, I've told you, you know, you know, not knowing what you're going to wear the next day or how you become who you become <laughs> when you make what right. you make up, <laughs> you know, is an arousing thing to me. Right. You know, to not know it, like what color she's going to wear today. What perfume I got on. You know, what perfume. <laughs> or, you know, just the the whole thing. You know, we have spoke about everything. Right. You know, I have not spoken about the things I've spoken with you about to no other woman that i ever been with. But I like the fact that we gave it a chance right. and it worked. It worked, yeah. You know, everybody, right, you never know a person until you live with them. Right, I was going to say that. But you also, to add to that, you know, there was a lot of promises that you did make. Because I, I know you say you didn't want to make a lot of promises. But some that you did make was when you came home, I would never have to do anything. Yes, and and since you've been home, since 2019... I have not washed a dish, you cleaned the house, did the clothes. Right. <laughs> you know, like you do all of that. Yes, and look, I, that's a part of my appreciation to you. Not just because I really enjoy doing, you know, uh, cleaning and uh, you know washing and all those things, but I wanted to take off any form of weight or stress. Right. You know, or things that you may have had to do. And I know a woman with two boys, and I knew as they was growing up, they, you know, they and was going to... Yeah, right. I knew that they was going to be a handful. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They are, you know, wonderful, amazing children, but I was a boy before, so I know how, you know, um, rambuxes or is Ram it rambuxes? Yeah. You, you know, uh, a boy can get, and I know how frustrating and stressful it could be to have to do everything and so for you to have been doing everything for all the time that you um you know had them or you know other relationships and i kind of felt i wasn't gonna be able to help out immediately financially Mm -hmm. so and i had gave you my word you know that man man you don't have to touch another 
anything have to do with a cleaning thing, <laughs> you know, a garbage can, a, a bathtub, a toilet bowl, right? You no longer have to worry about that ever again, you know, and, you know, it feels good to see you be able to go get some rest and wake up. But I think this, and I was going to ask you this too, you know, I love to decorate and redecorate. Right. <laughs> so... Was it a problem, or do you see like now? I don't do it as much. Uh-huh. I do a whole lot of clean. I just don't redecorate it a lot. Right. You know what I'm saying I've learned. You've given me a a, a class on that. <laughs> right. You made that perfectly clear. But I'm saying, did you find it impulsive that I was? Was it impulsive or compulsive? Impulsive. That or I compulsive. did it too much, far as the re. Designing of the infamous pit. Well, Please okay. Let's get to the pit. Yes. So originally, when you came home, I had a sectional, okay. which they called a pit at mm-hmm. the time. Um, there was a few times I walked in the house after work, and I'm like, like you, you took the pit apart itself okay. and reorganized it, seating where it was still, you know, we could sit around and talk to each other, but it wasn't in the position where I thought I bought it to stay. <laughs> And I would come home like, what in the hell is this? But I'm not saying it didn't look nice the way you did it. Mm -hmm. I was just so used to it being in the sectional form, which is, I thought, was the reason of buying a sectional. You leave it in that position. But now that you've been home for four years and you've redecorated and did everything, I see how you enjoy that. And I had to back off. Yeah. So if I would come home again and I was surprised that you didn't redecorate it or whatever you've done, I just don't say nothing because I know that that's something that you like to do. Right. It's, it's not harming anybody. It's not hurting right. nobody. It's just redecorating. And in a day or two, you're going to get a new design in your head. And you're going to change right. it again. Right. So, so we no longer have a pit, but... Right. <laughs> But still, the redecorating and you, you know, redoing the house, I really, I don't mind that anymore. Right. Because I know that's you. And your mama warned me about that anyway before you came. But I didn't think that it was going to be to that extreme. Right. But she did tell me. She was like, I used to come home at 2 in the morning and he'd been ahead the whole house (laughs) redecorated. And I'm like, how? He was a child. Yeah. I've I've loved that for, is it love? Yeah. Love. Loved it for. But my brother was like that. He did the same thing. He would. One, two in the morning, you hear bumping around and you wake up the next day. And I'm like, dude, what have you done to your room? So I understand that that calms you, that, you know, you get these ideas and you just want to see how it looks. Even if you don't keep it that way, the entire day. Sometimes you would redo the house and then hours later you would redo it again. So It's just a thought. I guess it comes into my mind and I guess I just want to see it. How it looks. Right. See, like now. now If it fits. Right. Look, had I been a little bit more computer savvy, I might could do that on the computer and see it before I do it. And and you can. Hey, do you like this? Before I go in here and spend this, you know, little few, little whatever it's going to take me to do it. Is this okay with you? You probably remember, well, you can move this over here and this over there. But because I'm not that computer savvy like that, right, I do it, you know, the old-fashioned way and I do it. And it's not that it's compulsive. 
It's just an enjoyment. Well, I, I do also think it's compulsive because you would just do it out of sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and do it. Well, yeah, that's because I have time to do it. Yeah. You know, and it feels good. And then, look, when you've been gone 13 years twice, mm-hmm. it feels good to be able to get up. Look, I could just, like, you know, you know, every now and then, I just get up and walk outside. The things that is old to you right. is brand new to me. The things that's played out to you right. is nice, fresh to me. The things that you may not look at as being a blessing and it just feels good and it's good, I really enjoy it now. And I've told myself I would enjoy life this time. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. So even if I, like, I probably get up tonight. (laughs) You know, I see some things now that I want to take care of, you know, and get right. But it's just that feeling. But I'm glad that you didn't get too... No, um, yeah. You know, I, you um, know um, at, at first, I, yeah, I have to admit, it used to frustrate the hell out of me. Because, yeah. like I said, I was so used to it just being the three of us. Yeah. And once I did something or cleaned something up, they knew, okay, this day room, they keep their stuff together. Don't come in this area. Don't move this. So, to come home from work and be like, what is this? That was different for me. But I adjusted to that. And now I know, you know, if I come in and the house different, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. deal. Or if you've moved something, I don't know where it is. I've learned to ask you instead of getting upset about it and just say, hey, Ralph, do you know where you put so-and-so? Now, you may not remember right then and there, but a few minutes, maybe an hour or so, you come back with it. And you're like, oh, yeah, here you go, right here. So that is um, something that I, I take away from this, you know, it's. It's not a big deal. Right, the don't. Ralph part. Why do you keep calling me Ralph? Oh, I don't know. I just Boogie. I just do this. You know I do that to you look, sometimes. Look, it sounds so professional and I, look, I have to look at <laughs> this but um yeah, no, but yeah, I'm really you know glad that it's not a argument about it, man, and that you just and that you find some appreciation in it. You yeah. know, I, you know I really enjoy doing that part. But what I was going to ask you also was this. Mm-hmm. Were you concerned um, on whether I would be a good father figure? Right? I like to say father figure because I, I consider myself their father. Right. You know, but according to society, you know, it's step this, step that, step this, step that. You know, like the shirt that you made for me. Right. And, it says, and I don't know if you can, that picture, find the picture. I got it. All right. You know, it says, um, I'm not the stepfather, I'm the father that stepped up. Right. That's a beautiful way of saying it, you know, but what was your concerns? Although I had seen these little jokers, <laughs> you know, for the whole time you we know, was, was together. There. Yeah. Now, they started off at two and three. Right. right? Yeah. So now by they was in diapers. Right. By the time I got there, they was nine and ten. Right. Did you believe that that chemistry would work? And do you believe? And did you believe that I would be able to? Because I have no biological children. Right. You know, I don't have that experience with, um, you know, how to parent. Yeah, parent. You know, and and the raised boys. But did you have any? Doubts or fears in that? Um, I didn't have any doubts or fears because, like we always said, we talked about so much. So much yeah. um, you asked me so many questions, and 
Um, I I did fear them taking to you because, like, again, there was two and three when you first met them. <laughs> Even though we came often to see you, um, you know, they they naturally are going to grow up mm-hmm. and they know that you're not their real father. Yeah. So I have seen in real life and in movies where kids have step parents and they get angry with them and they, you're not my daddy, you're not mm-hmm. my mama, I feared that okay. because I didn't know how that would make you feel. Right. Um, I feared them um, where it was your, where it would be your turn to discipline. Um, would they respect you enough right. to listen to what you had <laughs> to say, knowing that you had their best interest mm-hmm. at heart? Okay. You know, um, I also feared just the fact of them, you coming in to, I would say our relationship yeah, yeah. and them feeling like you were taking mm-hmm. me from them. Yeah, I could see that. But when it came to the actual parenting part, I don't think that I feared that as much only because, like we said before, whatever you lacked in that, I knew I was going to be there to back you up mm-hmm. and we can have a discussion. I can be like, hey, Ralph, OK, right. I saw or heard what you said to them about this and that. Maybe next time if you say it like this or if, you know, you and I have a discussion first on us going in there to talk to them together mm-hmm. or whatever. But we haven't had to do that right. because they respect you. Right. You know, they listen to you. Right. You have the occasional eye roll because right. they're teenagers. Yeah. You know, he don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Like we had to tell them, yeah. we've been their age before. Right. We know all the slick stuff they try to do and we probably didn't done it 10 times worse. But one of the biggest fears I had was the day that they looked you up. Online, if it was still available for them to look up. Right. And in no way would I want them to follow in those footsteps. Right. You know, even though you've talked to them and said, you know, hey, this is what I did in my past. I'm not proud of it, but I did this to survive and take care of my family and do this, this, and that. I never want them to think that that's cool. Yeah. Now, and, and, and see, yeah, man, you know, that was a great way to put it as you... Act like you had that written down. <laughs> no, no, look, those are good. And well, I don't think I asked you some of those things. You didn't. But now, can you ask that back to me? Did I have any what? concerns or fears about? Um, Did you? Did you have any concerns or fears about parenthood? About when I been? I had not a single fear about it. None? You know, um... All I knew is that um, I loved them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the seven years that they did, you, well, you, that was an understatement that, you know, I seen them, um, you know, a, you know the, a few times. Or we, oh, we, yeah, yeah. I right, see, <laughs> I talked with them a lot. We wrote, you know, wrote letters, lot all that, cards. You know, and so um, on the phone all the time, all the time you know, so I felt <laughs> there like, were many and many many nights that you talked to them before they went to bed yes, yes you know, good night to them yes. all of that so I felt like this I was raised by a stepfather right you know and um an amazing man I'm giving him a shout out Otis Reeves <laughs> um you know he was an amazing stepfather and he came into the household where it was four boys, mm-hmm. 
and these four boys is off the chain. You know, my other three <laughs> brothers, you know, we are, you know, were, you know, really bad kids, you know. So I knew what bad was. So I wasn't worried about these boys being too bad. Okay. Um, and the way he raised us, he, you know, raised us with a velvet glove, you know, and he had a velvet tongue. He spoke so, you know, nice and, you know, calm. And for a man to come in for, um, to a household where, you know, she had four kids and put his all into it, um, you know, to this day, I tilt my hat to him. But I knew that this was a different era. Yeah. I had heard about the era that, um, um, you know, where the parents are allowing the, the social media to raise their children or yeah. they some are whooping them or the, the um, um, you know, or the public is not allowing whoopings no more. Where I felt as though that when they see how much I love them and they see how cool I am down to earth and that I'm quick to say, I know I'm not your dad I'm or that, I knew that we would get along well, that they would see this man is concerned about me going to school. He wants to know, um, you know, what do I need help in? Um, he wants to spend. I think the first day I got out, I learned how to ride a hoverboard. A hoverboard. <laughs> you know, them gentlemen taught me yes. how to ride a hoverboard, which I told them that I'm going to learn it, even though I didn't think I would learn it as quick as I did, but <laughs> I wanted to so bad. I, You know, I learned it that day, and I even remember the next day we cut on Michael Jackson before we got ready for school and all that with Alexa. Mm -hmm. But um, I knew in my heart that when I show you how much I love you, the hug I give you and the kiss I give you, even though they don't like me kissing them all. <laughs> now, especially, you know what I'm saying? I, but I, I still, still do it anyway, it, right? I still I'm going to say anyway we do too. it anyway. <laughs> Dougie don't like it. They, they don't have a problem with it. Right. But um, I just knew the hug and kiss that I would give to them. And I knew I wasn't going nowhere. And yeah. I knew that maybe that was in their mind. Oh, here come this cat. He finna act like he was happening and do this. And gonna probably be gone. Not that they, you know, know stuff like that. But yeah. I knew you gonna see me every day. <laughs> and you gonna get to love me even <laughs> if you don't love me right now. And, um, you know, I knew that the old techniques of um, um, how to parent or the way I was raised, I knew that wasn't going to work. I just wanted to talk to them and hear them yeah. out. And, you know, they're so intelligent. Right. You know, they're turning out to be, when I say some amazing young gentlemen. Yeah, I You know, agree. the thought of them, man, you know, like now they're so big, they got the dreads in their hair, I still see them as little babies. No, no. You know, I tried to hug. I, today I tried to get, I'm like, Dougie, get over here, just give me a hug. And, but most recently, he has been doing that. I don't know what's going yeah. on with him, but he been just out of the blue giving me hugs. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I, I take it where I can get it. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew somewhere in my heart that how would they not love me right. if I'm there every single day right. and I'm I'm showing up and showing now we and At we do everything events. together every uh, everything. You know, everything every principal I know every teacher I know everything about them I know I see almost what they're going to become and yeah. I'm trying to you know um to be a part 
of a part of everything that they do. You and you're know? not trying. You are. Yeah. You at all the games and practices and um, parties and yeah. everything. They know that's their dad Look, when you my, come around. Listen, my first parent-teacher conference. <laughs> my first parent-teacher conference. I was so happy to be invited <laughs> to one. I told myself, boy, I can't wait to get up in a parent teacher conference right. and when I was in there boy I got all my questions that I wanted to ask you know everything that I needed to do like, man that looked nice Dougie but um everything that I um you know all the questions I wanted to ask I was able for to speak with them and um you know I really enjoy man um you know um seeing them become who I believe they are, you know, like our son's birthday was just Friday. Right. So now we got two teenagers. teenage boys. <laughs> two teenagers, you know, and, you know, I enjoy them a lot, Marquita, you know, and, and oh, like I say. Oh, you with the Marquita now. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> like I say, you, you are underplaying what you had ready for me. You had two gentlemen and a opportunity for me to raise two young boys to be young men you know that's not something that I take lightly yeah I know you, you, know, don't. I you know, know you don't you know it's a beautiful thing man of the you know of the all of the preparations and the things that you have for me and I just want to let you know I appreciate that a lot I appreciate you and they appreciate you that they do well guys we're going to go ahead and end this conversation out a little bit earlier than we did the previous one. Um, but again, if you have any questions, you want to share similar stories, or you just want to comment, you can go on our Facebook page, Instagram, and you can also message us at he say, she say, Marquita and Ralph at gmail.com. We can't wait to answer your questions. And we'll probably have a bonus episode coming up in between this one. Um, our next episode is going to come out on Wednesday, but we want to answer a couple questions that we had on Facebook in the email from our previous episode. So look out for that. But until next time, bye. We love you. <laughs> Thanks for listening.